Good afternoon. Good evening. I thought I started with good evening and I was, I really, I threw my, is it the DCP podcast? If I don't mess up the intro, listen, it's been a long day. I understand it. <laughs> it's been a long, it's been a long day. Well, anyway, welcome uh, to episode 24 of the DCP podcast. I'm your host, Anthony McAvoy, joined by my two best friends and co-hosts, Max Bourne, Daniel Christian. Fellas, how we doing? Well, 24 is a special number. It's the number of Kobe Bryant. Unfortunately, it's not the number for the Lakers because we suck. <laughs> I love everything about that. Listen, listen, it's it's baseball season. Hey, we got a great card coming up. Every I'm I'm ecstatic. So, Duke UNC. Yeah. We are we are in a, a great point for just sports in general right now. College softball, college baseball have started up. XFL has started. That has looked amazing. The USFL starts here in a couple weeks. Uh, baseball is in spring training. We're going to talk about how we're going to do baseball for the next couple episodes here in just a little bit. But Max, you alluded to it. This Saturday, the day that this podcast is released, we have the return in UFC 285. John Bones Jones makes his return. King, the, the champ is here, according He's to back, him. That's, that's, that's what John Jones says that he is going to walk out to when he takes the walk tonight. Um, the champ is here. The champ is here. So, John Jones, uh, 26 and one with one no contest. Uh, all of that in the light heavyweight division. This will be his first fight. Not only in three years, but it will be his first fight in the heavyweight division, taking on former interim heavyweight champ Cyril Gaon. Mm-hmm. Um, Cyril Gaon, who is coming off of a title uh, title fight loss to Francis Ngannou, who is no longer in the promotion. Max, I kind of want to throw this to you first. We have, like I like I just said, we haven't seen John Jones in three years. We haven't had we haven't seen John Jones since before COVID mm-hmm. because his his card, his last fight against Dominic Reyes, a fight that in a lot of people's minds, including mine, he lost mm-hmm. was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, the world yeah. hadn't shut down. So he's taken three years to bulk up and move to heavyweight. We don't know what we're going to see, but we know his opponent is a championship caliber fighter. Mm-hmm. What's happening tonight? Honestly, I'm I'm fully expected to see some rust on John Jones. I mean, you haven't fought in the UFC in three years. I mean, you, you you're pretty much you're in a you're not pretty much you are in a new weight class, so your body is different from how you've been fighting your whole life, mm-hmm. professionally at least. Uh, and I know that you've you you've been training all this time. Obviously, I'm not entirely sure what camp he's in, um, but I'm I'm guessing it's a good one. Well, uh, so that's that's an interesting point because he was fighting at Jackson Wink. They dropped him after one of the patented John Jones domestic assault, domestic mm-hmm. violence mm-hmm. type deals. And so he is no longer in that camp. I, off the top of my head, I cannot tell you where he's at. 
Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but something also to make note of is that from what at least what I've seen in uh one second. At least from what I've seen in pictures of the uh of media day mm-hmm. and everything, uh it looks like Cyril Gon still has a hand injury on his knuckles. So they so. talked. They talked about they. He see he. Uh, Cyril Gon was asked that question at the press conference. He says there's no injury. Gotcha. It just it looks bad. It, is it, what I'm getting at. I think I don't know if it healed the greatest. Gotcha. But I mean, regardless, the thing with Cyril Gon is that he has that experience. He is a championship level fighter. Um, I do believe that John Jones has a bigger reach advantage in this fight. Um, and you know, look for John Jones to have some powerful kicks. He's mm. all about power. And with him getting bulked up, I can only imagine that he's just got gotten stronger, you know? So if I'm Cyril gone, I'm probably going to try to attack the ground, but also with Cyril gone, he has power too. Mm. He's not someone who's just going to like, sit down and just take a beating he's gonna dish it right back out to you and and cyril cyril's a guy who has sneaky power like you mm -hmm. look at him and when i look at cyril gone the reason that i thought that he stood an actual fighting chance against nganu and this was before we knew how the fight was going to go and that nganu had figured out the ground game technically cyril gone may be the most technically perfect striker in the heavyweight division. Because Mm -hmm. what we had seen Francis Ngannou do is, you know, we had the whole, oh, Francis Ngannou's got one punch power. But when you would see his, the highlight tapes of his knockouts, it would be miss, 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 bam, I finally hit you. Mm -hmm. And with Cyril gone, what it has always been is I'm going to step in. I'm going to, I'm going to get my lick in and now I'm going to get out. Mm. I'm going to come in. I'm going to hit you and I'm going to get out and be able to maneuver his body enough and maneuver his punches. I mean, he's again, maybe the most technically sound striker in the heavyweight division. But Mm. the thing is John Jones may be the most technically perfect striker we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, I think that's that's one of the interesting things is that it's just it's I, I don't I don't know where to go because I I do think that Cyril Gone has fantastic ground game, mm-hmm. but the thing to remember with John is that the ground game is essentially his bread and butter. Yep, like the thing that worries me if I'm Cyril Gone is. My biggest problem that I had in the Nganu fight wasn't that I was scared of the power, not that I was scared of the punches that were coming my way, because even he admitted, he admitted in the press conference, he was like, yeah, I was worried about his power and I didn't take that into account. And so I was so worried about that, that I didn't, I let this fall. Yeah. The problem with that becomes if you let John Jones take you down, and get even, I mean, Nganu had six to eight minutes of top control in that in that fight. If John Jones has six to eight minutes of top control in a fight, not only one are you not winning the fight, 
you're not going to be awake when the fight's over. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, I don't know if John Jones will ever get six to eight minutes because he'll he'll submit you. Yeah. Yeah. He just will. No, he will. So I, I think that's the interesting part of this fight, is it's just I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I legitimately be... don't know what's going to happen. And I guess the thing to think about if you're Cyril Gaon, in, in the case of the Nagano fight, he didn't take something into account, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't seen John Jones fight in three years. We right. have no idea what we're getting from John Jones. We could get right. strictly just striking, or he could just like play the Oliveira route of just getting good ground control. Right. You know, like we don't know what we're going to get. I would imagine you're going to get a lot of like jabs in from John Jones. Mm -hmm. And if he's able to take you down, he's going to jump on the opportunity as fast as he can and try to work the ground game. Oh, yeah. Especially, especially if he gets tired on the feet quick. mm -hmm. I think John, because I, again, I, I don't care how good of shape you are in you are going to have ring rust. Yeah. yeah. You have not been in the octagon in a serious, legitimate fight because you could say, oh, well, he's been sparring for three years. There's a difference in sparring and being in the real thing. Mm -hmm. Different feel. It's, it's, it's one of those things where I, I look at it and I think that I think honestly how this is going to go. I think Cyril's going to take the first round mm-hmm. because I think it's going to be a lot of feeling out from John and getting oh, yeah. his legs back under him. Mm-hmm. And if Cyril takes the second round, I think the the light the 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 light turns on and John John coasts through the next three. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me, especially if I especially think because I think Cyril Gone has a bit of a of a like too much confidence in his game mm-hmm. because you I mean you look at an Nganu fight of where he didn't take something into account you should be working out your opponent and seeing mm-hmm. what they're trying to do and mm-hmm. be able to think about what's my next move mm-hmm. you know not just say oh i only i'm only going to do this because that's what I'll, that that's what works mm-hmm. you know he he could have something up his sleeve so i fully expect john to have something crazy up his sleeve that he was going to try and if it doesn't work, then we're not going to see it again. But I imagine in the first round, you're going to see John take a couple of jabs and a couple of leg kicks, but mm-hmm. nothing else. He's just going to really be feeling out Cyril's game, seeing what he's going to try to do. And then in the next rounds, you're going to see a resemblance of an older John Jones, just a bit heavier. <laughs> well, and I, I think the the interesting thing will be, especially if if Cyril does take the first two rounds, because the way that a lot of closely contested John Jones fights go, John almost doesn't turn it on until the back is against the wall. Mm-hmm. Case in point, the Dominic Reyes fight. Mm-hmm. He was down 2-0. I think he was down 3-0. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think he was down 3-0, and the only way he should have won that fight was by knockout. Regardless you get rounds three through five and you win the fight. And I will say, I I think that John definitely took round four and five. Mm -hmm. 
it's three that is the one that's somewhat contested. Yeah. Um, and even then, I've, I've watched it back. I think I've probably watched that fight 10 times, and I have not once thought John Jones won that fight. Um, and I will say this for the rest of time. I don't but, care. But you know who doesn't? <laughs> the judges. <laughs> the judges, no. Um, and, you know, again, that's the whole the whole point of... I'm pretty sure it was split decision, wasn't it? Uh, it was either... Had to be split or unanimous. I'm pretty sure it was split, though. I, I do believe... It might... I think it was a split decision. Um, but I, I think, you know, looking at the Tiago Santos fight, where Santos was hurt almost immediately and I believe tore both of his ACLs. I could be very wrong on that, but he definitely tore an ACL in the first round. I thought Tiago Santos was up 2-0 in the first two rounds. And then John came back. And the Alexander and Alexander Gustafson won that first fight, which was the first time that we had really seen John Jones even closely tested. It was the first time that John had ever been taken down. It was the first time that we had ever seen someone make John bleed. I mean, he mm-hmm. they, he cut John. Yeah. Um. And John, uh, you know, they they looked at him and said, "John, you're down two up. If you lose another round, it's over." And the, I mean, his corner is probably going to do that again. And he turned if, it on. It, yeah. I mean, his corner is going to be telling him the whole time that you're down. You just have to, just so that your fighter can can get in there and actually do some damage, you know. Um, but all in all, I'm 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 excited to see oh, yeah. what 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 we're gonna see. It's is the battle of unknowns. It really is because no it, one has any truly. idea what's gonna happen. Truly, and and a lot of it is because we don't know what we're gonna see from John. Mm-hmm. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. Now here's here's a question that I'll that I'll close on with this, and then we'll bring Daniel back in and get into the main topic for today. <laughs> There's people, a lot of people who would say that John Jones is the greatest MMA fighter of all time. 26 one, 26 one and one no contest. The no contest coming after he knocked out Daniel Cormier, but tested positive for drugs. Mm. And then the one loss was a disqualification against is it Matt Hamill, somebody like that. I it, I, I think it was Matt sure. Hamill. I think it was Matt Hamill when he did the twelve. He did the twelve uh, six elbow. Um, Dana White has tried to get that reversed to make him completely undefeated. If John Jones, after a three year hiatus comes back, beats Cyril Gone to win the heavyweight title. Two questions. Is he the greatest fighter of all time? And does he retire? I definitely put him up there as one of the greatest fighters. I mean, just based off record alone, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, does he retire? I mean, he's 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine he would probably have one more in him mm-hmm. coming back would probably fight. I don't know. Stipe. Stipe. I think not Yuri. Cause I think it's a wrong division. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're, he, yeah, he'd have to move back down. Yeah, to fight have to move back down. You're, which I, <laughs> that would be a great fight. Just oh, saying, I, I love I Yuri Prohaska. That now that's a that's a good fight. I love Yuri Prohaska, so that's the only reason why I say that. <laughs> um, I think he, I think yeah, I think you fight Stipe. You get you get the car the the person that people wanted you to fight in the to begin with. Mm-hmm. I think you have to fight Stipe to defend your belt. Mm-hmm. And then I think he retires because I, I it, it, win or lose. I think at that point, you've already proven yourself. You're already going to be in the hall of fame regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, it's going to be an interesting fight. Well, it's, it's interesting because technically John Jones is already a hall of famer because he has a fight in the UFC hall of fame. True. Because Guff's the, the his first fight against Gustafson is in the Hall of Fame. So technically, he is a Hall of Famer, but he's he himself. Yeah, the, the player not is not in. It's the it's a fight that yeah. is. Yeah. So I I will agree with you. John Jones is on my Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. I think it's very tough to say that there is one fighter better than everybody else because I think weight classes are important. Well, if we're so, not if if we're if we're just looking at overall dominance in the sport right right i think you have to have john jones on there mm-hmm. you have to have nurgamedov on there i know he's only fought nine the 10 fights or something like that see i think his is interesting because i think the talent that he fought in the ufc mm-hmm. outside of a couple guys was not as up to par but there is something to being 29 and up yeah, right. And then I think you have to have Connie on there. Connor? Yeah. Absolutely I mean, not. <laughs> I, why not? Not, why not? So, so for me. Well, he's got this. I'm talking about the two belt. The two belt thing, yes. But then would you put Daniel Cormier up there? I like DC, but I put Glover over him. I, I, well, I think he, here, here are my, here's my, <laughs> give me yours. Give me yours. Here's my, like, I'm I'm going based off of people that I like, honestly. Right. So here's mine. George St. Pierre, GSP. Oh, love GSP. Anderson Silva, mm-hmm. which, depending on how Israel Adesanya's career goes, could be replaced. Yep, yep. But Anderson Silva, Fedor Emelianenko, mm-hmm. and John Jones. Yeah. That's my that's my four. That's if that's I a had, good four. If I had a five, I'd put Habib. The reason I I don't say Conor McGregor is he hasn't won in six years. True. Yeah. I was basically just going off of titles at that point of like. And I think if we're going to go based off titles, there's, there's an argument to be made that Demetrius Johnson should be up there as well. And if you want Demetrius Johnson holds the record for most consecutive title defenses in UFC history with like 15. And if you want to talk about someone who isn't, who I don't, I don't believe has two belts, but is just dominant in their division. It's Amanda Nunez. She was a two belt holder. Mm-hmm. I think she still technically is. Uh, I'd put Amanda Nunez on there. Uh, Absolutely. Oh, fem- female, it, Absolutely. It's female Mount Rushmore. It's Amanda. It's Valentina. It's. Jean-Wei Lee? Maybe. 
And then I got to put Rhonda on there. Yeah. Even, even though her, her reign wasn't long and when she lost, it was over. Mm-hmm. Looking at what she meant to women's MMA. Well, yeah. Puts her there. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if you want to talk about like an up and coming person, I think it's Talia Santos. I love, I love Talia Santos. I, I've told you this. I know you've, you told me, I know. I Maybe know. my girl, Aaron Blanchfield, baby. I, know. <laughs> I honestly, I think the move for that division, because that division the title's up for grabs this weekend between Shevchenko and Grasso. We're not going to talk about that fight. Shevchenko <laughs> is going to murder her. She should. Unless something crazy happens. Well, like what happened against Santos, as I thought that Santos played, fought her heart out. I think Santos won the fight. Mm-hmm. It would not shock me if the next fight for Santos and Blanchfield is each other. And the winner of that fight fights Valentino. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise I me. Think, I think you have to set up a title eliminator for both of them because that's that's what the fight was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then Santos couldn't get in because she had visa problems. All right. I've, I've neither, had fun. <laughs> neither of us, neither of us gave a winner. No. I I think it's gonna be hard too. It's really, really hard. Do I really wanna- think this I think this is gonna come down to a decision. Mm-hmm. I do. I think it's going to come down to a decision. Oh, it's going to be split. I. Th- it's going to be split is what I can see it going. And it wouldn't shock me if the USC gave John the win. It so, wouldn't shock me. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna say John Jones split decision mm-hmm. from rounds to two. Yeah, I could see that. I just. It just sounds how it's going to go. That just yeah. feels very UFC. And I'm I'm so excited. I'm very excited too. <laughs> so excited. But you know what else I'm excited for? Baseball. I'm excited to get Daniel back at this call and talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Daniel. Welcome. Welcome back into the call. Um, we had some technical difficulties. If you hear some stuff in the background from Daniel, we're we're fixing it as we go. It's okay. But <laughs> Daniel, we have not talked since the Super Bowl. And sir, congratulations, because you, Daniel Christian, are the first ever DCP podcast NFL Pickums champion. I won. You get a five-second speech. Begin. It's an honor. I can't wait for my shirt. Like your side. He's going to fit Lakers suck somehow into everything. Short, sweet, simple. So, yeah, so we will get that. Uh, we, we will get that started again next year uh, when the season starts. But, boys, speaking of season starting, we have come to a time that we are all more than happy for. Spring training has begun. Mm-hmm. We are watching games. We are seeing, uh, we're seeing baseball. Before we get into what we're going to do and how these next couple episodes are going to be formatted, I'm going to ask one question. I think we all feel the same way. 
How do we feel about pitch clock? Love it. I do enjoy the pitch clock. I, I've had the privilege of where I live. I live in a city that has a minor league team. So I have been watching the pitch clock for a year. So I loved it while watching minor league baseball. I have loved it while watching spring training. I've loved what it's done to the game. I love that it has sped it up and it has made baseball a little bit more enjoyable, a little bit more than it already was. Um, They've looked at the stats too, and games are shorter, but averages are up. Yeah. Like hitting averages are up. Yeah. And that's also because of the banning of the shift, Mm -hmm. which I'm a big fan of. So now that we've got that out of the way, I just wanted to make sure we didn't have any pitch clock haters. And if you are a pitch clock hater, I'm sorry you're wrong. Grow up. (laughs) And you know what? I'm not even sorry that you're wrong. You just are. Just wrong. You just are. So here's how we like to do previews for seasons. And it's a little bit different from baseball than how we did the NBA and the MLB. NFL. And what I said, oh, NHL, NBA, NFL. We are breaking down all 30 teams. Starting right now, we are going to break them down by division. Mm -hmm. We also, in this, because it wouldn't be the DCP podcast if we don't have a little bit of competition between each other, we are also looking at the Vegas numbers for for over-under on wins, and we're all just going to guess. Over-under, whatever number I give, over-under, at the end of the season, I will tally those numbers up, and we'll see where we are. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. This episode, we are focusing on the West Divisions. So each episode will be the AL for probably the first half of the episode, the NL, or vice versa, whichever one we feel like talking about. So like next episode, when we do the Central We'll probably save the AL for second because Max and I are both fans of AL teams mm-hmm. in the Central. Um, and when we do the East, we're not going to talk about the AL at all because there's no point. No, it's I just, mean, there, there's no teams in that division, yeah, obviously. There's no teams. <laughs> so, Danny Hendrick is unsubscribing right now <laughs> danny if you want to join to talk about your birds i'll pay you, I'll pay you. you i need them on here to talk about the dirty birds <laughs> i will i will dedicate an entire episode just to the dirty birds just to the birds <laughs> just to hedrick's birds and um, to <laughs> yeah all right fellas we ready to start i'm ready let's start in the nl west and let's start with Jake's Arizona Diamondbacks. Jake Snakes, baby. Jake's Snakes. Uh, we're going to make a lot of John Boy media references. We are all John Boy fans. Uh, we are all Jake's Snakes fans because of Jake. So let's talk about last year for them. They were 74 and 88, a very tough division given that the three teams ahead of them were 500 or better or if it was 
the Padres or the Dodgers a lot better. Mm-hmm. But you had the performances from Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly. You saw Cattell Marte have a good season. You saw them look like you could see what the plans were in the future. Um, so in the offseason, I like a lot of the moves they made. They brought in left-handed pitcher Andrew Chafin. They brought in Zach Davies. They brought in veteran Evan Longoria, Miguel Castro, Uris Familia. They traded for outfielder Kyle Lewis from the Seattle Mariners. This is the big one, though. You trade Dalton Varsho to Toronto for catcher Gabriel Moreno, who was not going to play over Alejandro Kirk, who, in my opinion, might be one of the best catcher prospects in baseball, and he will make this team immediately and maybe even be the opening day catcher. And you also get left fielder Lourdes Gurriel Jr. So now you're looking at this team with a rotation of Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, Corbin Martin, Zach Davies, and of course the old man Madison Bumgarner. And you're looking at, you know, role players, Carson Kelly, Seth Beer, Cattell Marte, Paven Smith in the outfield. And Max, I'm going to say your guy's name first, Corbin Carroll who is slated to be on the opening day roster and look very good. I think this team, if they won't, they're not going to compete for the division. They're just not. Will they compete for third place? Yes. So I think this team is going to be very, very intriguing to watch. Daniel, I'm going to go with you. What are what, what's your take on Jake Snakes? Jake Snakes, in my opinion, overperformed last year to standards. In my opinion, I think they Absolutely. were so they were not expected to win seventy four games. Uh, I think they're even better this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at the, you look at the signings that you know that they made. They've already got some solid players. Uh, Christian Walker's one. Um, you know, Zach Gallen, uh, the added Evan Longoria, who's a good, I think, veteran presence for a young Arizona Diamondbacks team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to be good. I think they're – obviously, Dodgers and Padres are going to be those top two spots in the division. But I'm with you. I think they can compete for third. I personally think they get third. I personally do. I, I think they're a third place team in this division. Uh, just the overall talent that is on this team. And also, I, we, I can't talk about it enough, but Corbin Carroll, fastest man. Corbin Carroll fan. Fastest man out there. Great in the outfield. I'm super excited to see how he plays all year, along with Gabriel Moreno. Uh, see how Zach Gallen does this year because he was, he was Cy Young caliber. He was really, really good last year. Uh, Merrill Kelly had some, had some really good games, but he also looked bad in the back half. Like he, he had very he had, bad he had, in the back half. Yeah, very bad. And then you still have old man Mac, uh, Mad Bum out there. But I mean, you still got Zach, Zach Davies, Ryan Nelson. Um, I, I look at this team. Cattell Marte is going to be fun. Nick Ahmed as shortstop is going to be. I think he's going to be decent. Christian Walker at first is going to be fine. Paven Smith as a DH is going to be great. You can put, you can switch out Nick Ahmed for Josh Rojas. I mean, just this is my NL team. 
This is my favorite NL team. Mm -hmm. I love everything about Jake snakes. Uh, they are a third place team and I, I can't say anything more, but praise for this team. All right. So they're not all going to be this fast. I promise. <laughs> um, they're, uh, so let's, let's get to what we're here for. 2022 record 74 and 88. The Vegas numbers over under. And I find this disrespectful. 74 and a half. I'm taking the over. I'm also taking the over. I'm going to take the over on that one too. I think they can win at least 80 games. I, I think they can. I think, I think this is a 500 baseball team at worst. Oh yeah. Is there a chance that they could compete for that last wild spot? I guess so it depends how the rest of the NL plays out, right? It's interesting because we already know that the top three teams in the NL East are all going to go. So Braves, Phillies, Mets, in whatever order. I think those three teams are locked, almost guaranteed. Unless a ridiculous injury or injuries happen. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, I think Diamondbacks will be out there because then Dodgers and Padres will both go. Dodgers, Padres, Dodgers, Padres, you, and then, then whoever wins the Central. You've got to think Brewers, Cardinals. I, I, look, I'm not going to say the Cubs. The Cubs, the Cubs are close, but not there. Right, not yet. So I, I, it would take them playing almost perfect baseball at the right time. I think they're one year away though. I think yes. they're also yes. one year away. Yes, they. This is the this is the calm before the stir, storm for this team, especially looking at prospects who they have. This is the calm before the storm. So, they're, but, kind of, they're honestly okay. I'm going to make a comparison. I, I, I think especially Anthony will agree because he watched a lot of this team. They're like a year or two behind, but they remind me of the National League, like a Mariners. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's that, up there with the Mariners yet, but I think they'll be the Mariners in two years. It's that subtle rebuild. It's mm -hmm. that, okay, they were really bad. And then you get the, okay, okay. This this Diamondbacks team is going to be the team that in the last three weeks of the season is making that Mariners run that they made la not last year, but the year before where they almost made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Where we were sitting there going, okay, they're they're like one piece away, and that one piece was the AL MVP or AL Rookie of the Year, which I called before the season last year, Julio Rodriguez. Um, so. I, I said that they're not all going to be as fast as the Diamondbacks. Um, this one's going to be shorter than the Diamondbacks because it's the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> Poor Rocks. We're going to do the Rockies, and you'll appreciate this since you hate Kyrie Irving. Mavericks just allowed a 17-0 run in three minutes. They were there up 21 going in the fourth. They're up four with nine minutes to go. Love that. Uh, if you're looking at the Rockies right now, there's only one player to talk about. Yeah. There's a there's couple. Only, there's and there's a couple, couple, but there's a big one who you need to talk about. <laughs> I'll get there. Let, yeah, I I'll haven't even introduced the there. team. Damn. I'm just saying. I'm looking at the depth chart. I'm just saying. I know. Man. I know. Hey, hey, I'm getting there. I love the NL. <laughs> 
I love the Diamondbacks. <laughs> so the Colorado Rockies made two moves all offseason. That's it. Uh, they brought in Pierce Johnson and Jose Urania. Um, Bud Black, their manager. I think we could be a 500 team. <laughs> this is a, a direct quote. I think we could be a 500 team. There's no way in hell this is a 500 team. <laughs> standards, people. If, if standards. that's your standards, that's just all. I, I, nobody should say that publicly. That's terrible. No. <laughs> I mean, and, and they've got pieces. Like, their infield, I think, is very good. C.J. Crone, Ryan McMahon, Brendan Rodgers. They're going to most likely start their number one prospect at shortstop, Ezekiel Tovar, who has looked mm-hmm. very good so far in spring training. Is mm-hmm. Happy now, Max? He is the, he is the guy <laughs> for this Rockies team. He is the guy to look out for for this Rockies team. You know, and they're, they still got Chris Bryant, Charlie Blackman, who I think at this point is like 800 years old. And at some point this year, I think they're going to pull up Michael Toglia, um, who will play outfield for them or DH for them. Um, uh, look, Armand Marquez is an ace for every other team except this team because it's it's playing in Coors Field. I mean, Armand Marquez is great, but then I mean, looking at the rest rest of the 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 rotation: Kyle Freeland, Austin Gomber, Antonio Senzatella, Jose Urania. It's not good. This is not a 500 team. You're telling me that a team that went 68 and 94 last year made zero moves to get better is going to improve by 20 games? How? They're not. They're just not. So I just said, their 2022 record was 68-94. Over under 65 and a half. Under. 65 and a half is crazy. <laughs> oh my god. Uh yeah, I'll I'll take the I'll take the over on that one. I'm also gonna take the over because I think they win 66 games. 65 is just disrespectful, but it's warranted. <laughs> it, it's it's 100% warranted. And, and like it? I said, I, I think this team is good. Like they have. Just look out for Ezekiel Tovar. They're, they're not good. What I mean is they're, they have the ability to score runs and they play in course field. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. So like, they're going to pitch around Chris Bryant. He's going to get a count. Like, I think if he's healthy, they will. They did um, that a lot last year. Well, he also wasn't healthy a lot last year. He played 35 games. But here's the thing. So I was told by someone this. I'm never, I've always used this with, with baseball. In a 162-game season, and this quote, I have to, you know, for sake of copyright issues, this is from my ex's father. Um, he made this statement. He said, in a 162-game season, you can pretty much pencil in 50 wins and 50 losses by every team and what do they do with the other 62 games is up to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can pencil in 50 wins to the Rockies, but I don't see them getting much more, like, honestly. 
I the I reason see them at least getting getting a couple of like sneaky I'm games. 63. 63 wins right now. 63 wins. Well, see, I the reason that I I'm not gonna go that far is because I do think that they're better than teams that are going to have less than 65 wins. Who are they better than? Uh the Nationals. They're better than the A's. They're better than the Nationals. They're better than the Pirates. They're better, better than the Tigers. Are you sure? About they're better than the Tigers. They're better than the Royals. That's I think the Pirates. I think the Pirates are better than the Rockies. I a hundred percent disagree. I think they have a better. I think they have a better record. Than also, the, my, Michael Taglia is in the starter. By the way. Oh, is is Toglia in the? In According starter? to ESPN's depth chart, he is the starting right fielder. Well, then shit, Can we write down side bets? Because I want to write down, and it doesn't have to count. I want to. I want it written down. I think the Pirates have a better record than the Rockies. And you I put think, on on there, I Anthony. Think, I think you are forgetting that the Pirates didn't get much better either. They signed guys, but their pitching is still god awful. The pitching. I, I've been. I have watched every Pirates spring training game. They are not good. I don't, I don't think they're gonna be good. I think they'll be better than the Rockies. I don't think they'll be better than the Rockies because, again, the Rockies at home in course have an advantage. CJ Crone's going to hit bombs at home. Yeah. I, I think they have better players in Colorado than they do in Pittsburgh. I seriously believe that. I, I, I'd, still, I'd still be willing to bet I'm going Pirates have better record than the, than the Rockies. You pencil it down. Pencil it down. Don't have to count for anything. I just want to. I just want to run it written down. I'm writing it down right now. Oh yeah, I forgot. They also picked up uh, Nolan Jones from the Guardians. Yeah, that was a trade that's, last year, wasn't it? Yeah, that's a yeah. That's that's a pretty good pickup, actually. I write so slow. <laughs> All right. Who's next? The San Francisco Giants had quite the offseason. Signings including Mitch Hanniger, Michael Conforto, Taylor Rogers, Tyler Rogers, or Tyler Rogers was already there. I apologize. Uh, so Mitch Hanniger, Michael Conforto, Taylor Rogers, Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling, Jock Peterson, Luke Jackson, Roberto Perez, and Arson Judge. Um, <laughs> I was I, I, <laughs> There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you. Um, <laughs> this this is a Giants team that going into last year, we were convinced we're going to battle the Dodgers for first place in the division. And they finished 500, 81 and 81. Um, they've got a lot of work to do, I, I think. Um, I, I believe the starting rotation is probably going to end up being Logan Webb, Alex Wood, Sean Mania, uh, Anthony DeSclafani, and probably Alex Cobb in the five spot or somehow whatever that five is. Um, then looking at, at the lineup itself, Hanniger and Conforto are going to start. They brought back Jock Peterson, so that's your outfield right there. If If you're the Giants – you're going to start Joey Bart every day at catcher. You've got to get more from him. 
because he came in last year, had to get sent down. They were then so bad at catcher once he got sent down, he had to come back up and he was still bad. Um, and this was a guy who was one of the top prospects in baseball. So you've got to get more out of Joey Bart. You're going to keep rolling Brandon Crawford out there. Look, Brandon Crawford's best days are behind him. Tyro mm-hmm. Estrada had a very good beginning of last season, completely tailed off. Wilmer Flores, old. J.D. Davis, old. Mike Yastrzemski will most likely play DH unless they put him in left field and let Jock Peterson DH. I don't see this team competing with the top two in San Diego and the Dodgers for this division. And to be completely honest, I think if San Francisco and Arizona had to play every game, I think I think they're just about as good as Arizona. I legitimately think the Giants could be a fourth place team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Giants they might go down as one of the worst off seasons that any fan base could go through. You go from thinking you've just signed Aaron Judge to no, then thinking Arson Judge. Sorry, Arson Judge. To then thinking you've signed Carlos Correa to instead getting stuck with Michael Conforto. Who is good? He's but good. Not but Aaron Judge or Carlos Correa. Judge to Correa to Conforto. Like it's just and the Giants last year were so underwhelming. I mean, they just honestly look old. Like they just look too old to compete. And we get this from the Giants. They'll have two bad years, one good year. But their good year is like playoffs, not like World Series. You know, they won a World Series obviously a couple of years ago, but not like every year continuing for World Series. I think the Giants are not going to be good. And mm-hmm. going on, on record, I really don't care if you write this down or not, I think we're all saying the same thing. I think the Diamondbacks will be better than the Giants. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just, I just don't see any wow factors on this team. <laughs> A lot of these players, their best days are behind them. I mean, uh, I mean, you're basically out there. You're putting them out there for ticket sales at this point. Yeah. Uh, it's an old team. Doesn't mean it doesn't have experience. Doesn't mean that it's not, there's not going to be some fun parts of this team with Mitch Hanniger, Conforto, Yastrzemski, Crawford. Uh, and the pitching, pitching has its days. Picking up Sean Manai, we'll see how that works out for them. Uh, but I, I just, I, in this division, considering how tough of a division it is, they're a fourth place team. Yeah. I Like I said, I think, they, I think the Diamondbacks rival them. I, I legitimately think they're a third or fourth place team. I, I, I think mean, them and I think them and the Diamondbacks will be fighting for third place all year. I'm excited to see that them go head to head on this. I think it's be fun, the fun series. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. think it will be. I think it will be. All right. So I said uh, beginning of this 2022 record 81 and 81. They were 500. The Vegas numbers 81 and a half. of course it'd be 81 and a half those yeah like there's no real like that's that's almost a testament to like well you didn't really get better right it's like 
it's like oh you could maybe get get a half game here <laughs> so i don't know i'm gonna go under on this one i'm also gonna go under um just because i i, I just i i don't I don't have faith in this team to compete with the teams above them. And I'm not sure I have the faith in them to stave off the team below them. And when I say, well, you could say, Anthony, there's teams below them. No, there's team below them. The Rockies are not going to challenge for the third place. Honestly, the bottom team in this division is the Rockies. Correct. All right. This is where it gets exciting. Um, because we're going to the Dodgers before we go to the Padres. So here's the Dodgers. They extended Clayton Kershaw with a one-year deal. They brought in Noah Syndergaard, J.D. Martinez to play DH. They brought in David Peralta uh, for the outfield. They brought in Shelby Miller. Uh, Projected rotation... Um, Clayton Kershaw, Gonsolin, Urias, Syndergaard, Dustin May. Uh, they're also going to have Will Smith, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie, Miguel Rojas, uh, Mookie Betts, Chris Taylor. I think we're going to see a bigger role from Andy Pages or Pages. I, I, I'm going to mess up his name. It's it's spelled Pages, but I know that's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> um, and look. Before we even get into the season, they lose Gavin Lux for the year. So a team that was already going to have to work to beat the team that we're going to talk about next loses a very important piece. Mm-hmm. What do we think the Dodgers are doing in 2023? Because for me, in my eyes, if they don't win this year, you have to blow it up. Because think about it. Kershaw's not getting any younger. Freddie Freeman is great, but you can unload him for a shit ton of prospects and get rid of the contract. You can do the same for Mookie. You can do the same with Max Muncie. Well, maybe not Max Muncie, but you can get some prospects for him. I just, I, I see this team getting older and I see the other teams in the NL, not just in this division, because we'll talk about that team here in just a minute, but not just in this division, but in the East. <laughs> All of those teams are loading up and they're not getting worse anytime soon. If you can't compete this year, you've got to start over. You act like their farm system's terrible, but they have some really, really good farm prospects in their farm system to come up. I don't up. think it is, but the reason I say get prospects is because you can't get MLB. You're not, you're just, if you're going to trade Freddie Freeman and let your prospects play, you need to get more prospects to then replenish. I get you, but their farm systems are actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. I think their farm system is good. Um, But I think the problem is you've got very big contracts that you need to unload. 
Well, I think that is why Kershaw was back on a one-year deal. Yeah. Because they're telling him the window is now. Mm. Yeah. Kershaw is not a – like Kershaw, in my opinion, is still a lethal pitcher. I'm still questioning his playoff clutchness, but he's still a great pitcher. But I think they've told him, look, we got to win now. It's got to happen now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've won – one COVID shortened season. We got to do it. Yeah. And I have a lot of question marks about this Dodgers team. I do. I think they're going to be one of the league's best teams in the regular season. Yes, I do. Do I think they're going to win it all? No, I don't. Do I even think they go to the world series right now? I don't. I think I, they're going to be another, I think they're going to be the number one seed again. And obviously, we're going to – I assume we're doing our brackets later on before opening day. Yeah. but And I'll get into that later. But right now, I I have them not winning or even winning the National League. Uh, I'll just – I'll go straight up. I don't know if you put this Dodgers team against the team from the NL East in a wild card series, best of three if they win. Against who? NL East. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, just, I, I I don't I just I don't see it. I no. don't see them winning the division. Personally, I just don't. Not with the talent on the other team. So, because now we're going to start talking a lot about the other team. So before we do that, Dodgers in 2022 were the number one seed in the NL. They went 111 and 51. Their over under is 96 and a half. Taking the over. I'm going to take the over on that too. It's still the Dodgers. I'm taking the under. Wow. I don't hate it. That's, a, that's just... not that's not to say that I think they're going to be bad. I'm I just don't think in a division where you've got to play the Padres and you know the two other teams. I just don't know if 96 and a half, which would mean you need to win 97. I don't know if 97 wins is happening. I could see it. I honestly can. All right. To the team with so much money, it's not funny. Um, Unintentional rhyme there. The San Diego Padres, who signed Xander Bogarts to an 11-year, $280 million deal. They brought in Robert Suarez, Michael Waka, Seth Lugo, Matt Carpenter, and Nelson Cruz. And Rufin Dodor. And Rufin Dodor. And that was just in the last... 48 hours of yeah. us recording this. Yeah. Uh, starting rotation of you, Darvish, Blake, uh, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, Michael Walker, and the fifth one's kind of up in the air. With role players Luis Compusano, Austin Nola, Jake Cronenworth, Hassan Kim, Manny Machado, Adam Engel, Trent Grisham, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis Jr. will be back April 20th. This team to me wins a division. Flat out wins. Is April 20th? April 20th. He still has 20 games. April 20th is the last day of his suspension. I thought he had so much more for some reason. He only Mm -hmm. has 20 games. He got suspended halfway through last season. Wow. That really flew by. Mm -hmm. And there's a question about Tatis in the outfield because of how he played in like during spring training. Yeah. I mean, it it wouldn't shock me if they just DH him. Yeah, he didn't look good. I'm just being honest. 
in his first out uh, in his one of his first outings in outfield, he did not look good. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna can I start since this is like my my Padres. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Just notice the time in the corner. Yeah, I'm completely changing my mind. I literally for some reason I thought Tatis Jr. was suspended longer. So I had the under. I'm taking the over. They're going to win the division. They're winning the division. This yeah. Padres team is yeah. loaded. Yeah. And they were close to getting Aaron Judge also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Aaron uh, Judge had went to the Padres, Padres would have hands down, single-handedly, without a doubt, won the World Series. Padres would have went 162 and up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to me, the biggest the biggest thing for me personally is the fact that you can trade DHs off from Matt Carpenter and Nelson Cruz is not fair. <laughs> That's another one to keep. Matt Carpenter. I mean, Matt Carpenter, you know, mustache Matt. Matt Carpenter, a.k.a. Babe Ruth. This is like... They're low, and they're you usually see teams. It's like either they're really good at pitching or they're really good at hitting. They're loaded at both ends. By the way, guy, I forgot. Josh Hader is their closer. <laughs> Josh Hader is their closer. Forgot about that. My bad. I mean, I petition for ESPN, and I'm gonna let you know. Petition for ESPN to nationally televise every Padres Dodgers game, please. I think you'd have to. I will never get enough of that matchup. We're going to get a lot of them. There's going to be a lot. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of them. Uh, Padres are probably going to be on TV almost every night. They, they should be. Yeah. They've gone from a fun young team to now a contender, and I really love to see it. I'm glad I've been on this journey the whole way through. They, they've they went not only from a fun young team. They're still a fun young team. They've went mm-hmm. from a fun young, fun young team to the contender. Hmm. If everything goes right for them, they are content. They are champs. I think they're the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if if everything goes right, nobody gets injured, or at least let, let me not say nobody gets injured, but nobody gets majorly injured. So you don't have Tatis out for the whole year, or you don't have Juan Soto or Manny Machado out for the whole year. Oh, by the way, Manny Machado with an 11 year, $1 billion deal. <laughs> Why would he not? this is a Padres team that legitimately has maybe the most talent of any team. And that's, that's contending with the teams in the AL, all three teams in the NL East top to bottom. I think this may be the best roster in the entire MLB. I agree. All right. So, Daniel, you've already went the over. I'm going to present the record and go with whatever the over-under uh, over number is. Their 2022 record was 89-73. and 73. Um, Of course, no Fernando Tatis Jr. last year, no Juan Soto until, the mid, until after the trade deadline. The over-under for this team this year, 93-and-a-half. I'm going to tell you – this team will win 100 games. Yep. I'm taking, I'm taking, the, over. I'm taking the over. It's the quickest over hit I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, huh. interesting. Uh, by the way, um, this I'm just going to tell you guys this. Uh, Antoine Davis is six, is six points shy. As of right now, they're and still playing, and, the, and, and they might win the game. Honestly, they are <laughs> they are still playing, 
but he is six points shy of Pete Maravich's D1 scoring record. All right, y'all yeah, it's, ready to – It's tied. It, it's tied. I'm actually tuning in right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are we ready to move on to the AL? Let's Absolutely. Fellas, I don't think this one's going to take very long. No. <laughs> don't think this one's going to take very long at all. Um, this is going to be, for me, one of the most fun teams to watch because it's the Oakland A's. And by fun, because I've seen Daniel's face. Max made the same face when I explained it to him. Hear me out. They're going to be so bad. They're fun. But the Oakland A's? Yes. The Oakland A's. Oh, they're going to, yeah. they're going to be. My bad, my bad. Yeah, we're I'm doing the AL. I had in mind we were doing, we're sticking, we're still in the National League. My fault. No, 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 no. no. AL, AL West. I got you, I got you. So, you know the, what? I see what you're saying. Oakland, they're going to be so bad. It's going to be so fun to watch. They picked up Aledmus Diaz, Jace Peterson, Trevor May, Jesus Aguilar. Paul Blackburn's going to be their ace. James Caprillian's probably going to be their number two. And then who gives a shit about the rest of this team? Um, kids. Other, <laughs> other than Shay Langoliers, their top prospect, who's their catcher, and my man, J.J. Bladet who may or may not even play on this team. I don't know. But give me J.J. Bladet all day. Does anybody have anything to say other about this team? I have a friend that is an actual like diehard Oakland A's fan. Is he okay? It's the one that hates LeBron. I told you about it, the Jordan Jordan blessed. Uh, so he's not okay. I mean, he hates LeBron. So yeah. Well, yeah. So would would it would it be wrong of me to say that I'm excited for Shintaro Fujinami? No. Okay, I'm excited to see how Shintaro Fujinami pitches. <laughs> because here's the thing, he probably will, and he'll probably do it a lot. He'll probably be pretty good for this team, especially considering it's the A's. He was a star in Japan, so I'm just excited to see how he pitches. You're the only team Vegas has under 60 wins. <laughs> oh, yeah, speaking of that, their 2022 record was 60-102. and 102. The over-under is 59-and-a-half. I'm going to go ahead right now, and I'm going to say they'll be lucky to win 50 games. I'm going under. I'm going under. They won 60 the games last year. In a, what's the one, worst record in 162-game history? Hold. Did someone win, like, 30 games? I think it's like – Wasn't it the Expos that won, like, 30 don't, games? Don't announce it. I think it's – I think the most losses ever is, like – 117, 115. Higher, lower. Is it the spiders? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? What is it? it? Is, 10 it and 100. Is the, it is the 1899 Cleveland Spiders. Yep. They played, and this is this is for all eras, but you had to play a minimum of 120 games. They went 20 and 134. Yep, that's the Cleveland Spiders, baby. The 1899 Cleveland Spiders. Max with the pull of the century. I'll tell you what, I already know about my Cleveland Spiders, baby. <laughs> Max, Max knows about his Cleveland teams. By the way, Max, did you uh, did you go over or under? 
They won 60 last year and it's they 59 won, and a half. They won 60 last year with 59 and a half. Fuck. I'm going to have fun with it. Let's go for the over. Max is going over. <laughs> All right. This will be fun. I'm using full government name on this one. Oh, shit. We're going to the is. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, yeah, do you see a full government name? <laughs> he pulled out the receipts for that one. He pulled out the receipts <laughs> for that one. Uh, they picked up Tyler Anderson from the Dodgers. They picked up Brandon Drury, uh, who was traded from the Reds to the Padres in the middle of the year last year, right before the trade deadline. They also picked up Matt Moore. Their rotation will be Shohei Otani as the ace, Tyler Anderson, Reed Detmers, Patrick Sandoval, Jose Suarez, key players, Jared Walsh, Anthony Rendon, Taylor Ward, Mike Trout, uh, Hunter Renfro, Gio Urshela. I already said Shohei Otani. Um, Brandon Drury. Don't need to say him again. Uh, yeah, Brandon Drury. Um, I think this is the year they either they do it or they don't. I think they understand that they're going to lose Otani if they don't. Um, it, if they don't do it, you've got to think about moving Trout because not only can you – get the bounty of the century for Otani if you trade him before the deadline, if you're not going to do it. Um, you may get just as much, if not more, for Mike Trout. Um, again, this team has all the offense in the world. I think they'll be able to bat around. I think they will score points. It's going to yet again come down to pitching. I think they have the five in the rotation. I think they have finally got that settled. The bullpen is still atrocious. The bullpen is still bad. Um, and I thought it was going to be better given that, you know, last year they went out and got Ryan Tapera, who when he got traded from the um from the Cubs to the White Sox looked really good. And then free agency last year goes to the Angels. He looked awful. They have a pitching rotation who can keep them in games, and they have a Cy Young caliber pitcher in Shohei Otani. I just, I, I don't, if, if we're sitting here in the middle of the year and this team yet again is not where it needs to be, um, especially if Rendon is hurt, uh, as per usual, because he plays about two weeks and then dies. Um, and inconsistencies with Jared Walsh, maybe Taylor Ward. Um, if Mike Trout is healthy or not, because you know, he had that weird diagnosis at the end of last year. Um, I, I just I think if by the deadline this team looks to be out of it, they'll they'll get rid of Otani and Trout. Otani at the least, because they know at the end of the year Otani is going to be up for free agency, so you might as well get what you can out of him. I just I, I don't know with this team because again, I think the pitching's there, at least starting five wise. I think the rotation is there. I think the players on offense and defense are there. But I just I, I don't 
trust the bullpen. I think the bullpen is just as bad as it always has been. I just don't see it. Not in the bullpen, at least. And in this league right now, your bullpen is what loses you games. And I just, I, I, I don't know if the bullpen is going to be able to hold up consistently in games. Oh, so Anthony. Huh? I don't know why I did my headset on. I don't know. I, just realized yeah, I, I don't either. <laughs> um, oh, Anthony. So this is another year of, you know, if, if the Angels lose, it's not Otani's fault. And Otani's still the face of baseball. Even though he's not, he hasn't won anything, doesn't win Otani anything. Otani is the face of baseball, and he has won. He's won an MVP. Let's not say he hasn't won anything. Because Aaron Judge also hasn't won anything. Never made the playoffs. Barely ever it gets above 500. But it's everybody else's fault except Otani. Um, because it quite literally is. Look, you literally, other than the bullpen, you've talked about the great pieces they picked up. So what I'm hearing from and Mr. McAvoy is that if there's no excuses for the Angels. That's what I'm hearing. I, I think I quite clearly laid that out, yes. <laughs> okay, so if the Angels suck at the trade deadline, Otani's not the face of baseball. I, whoa, 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 whoa. No, you can't, you cannot, the, 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 no, absolutely not. No, because again, I just pointed out what their problem was. And if mm-hmm. they weren't going to be good, that was the reason why. A, pro- a problem. So, but, a you problem. Go, but you go from me saying it's the bullpen and that will be where they get killed to it's Shohei's fault. I'm saying there's no excuses because it's not there's problem. there's no excuse for Mike Trout. If we're going to do it individually, then there's no excuse for Mike Trout either. There's no excuse for Mike Trout. I just I think the singling out of Shohei Otani because we have this loving relationship with our guy Aaron Judge is ridiculous. There's because no excuse for Mike Trout. There's Mike no Trout excuse. Is MVP. At that point, there's no excuse for anybody because well, you are painting. You are painting baseball as an individual game. It's not. It's just not. But you should be able to impact your team in winning. He's the only reason they were winning. What? For two two years, Shohei Otani has been the only reason why the Angels win. They don't win. When they do is what I'm saying. If, if Shohei Otani wasn't on this team, they are a bottom five team, given how they always perform. Regardless of if Trout is there or not, you hating on the Angels and blaming it solely on Shohei Otani is the biggest load of bullshit I have ever heard. I'm not blaming it solely on Otani. I'm saying it's a team sport. Okay, you no, because you, because you, and no, 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 no. Because you are blaming it solely on Otani. I'm you saying you are. And you don't think you are, but you are. Because you literally said if they get to the deadline and Otani has to get dealt, it's because he's not performing. I'm saying he deserves just, some of the blame. I'm saying he deserves some of the blame. If they if they're bad at the deadline, 
No. Because here's the thing. If they're bad, if they're bad at the deadline and he is, he has a 100 average and by 100, not, not a hundred average, a 1000 average. He hits right. a home run every time he's at bat and they still are bad. And that's his fault. If he does that, we'll have the conversation. But, but let's say, because again, baseball is in an individual sport. So he hits a home run. Hear me out. He hits a home run every time he's at bat. Nobody else gets a hit. So he's hitting three times a game, which is three runs a game. You're not going to win games only scoring three runs. So if at the deadline, he's got these fantastic stats, but the team is still God awful. It's his fault. Even though he has never missed, he's hit a home run every at bat. But they're bad, so he deserves some of the blame. That is the argument you were making. Why do people why do people call Tom Brady the face of football? Because he makes the playoffs. Why do people call Michael Jordan the face of basketball? LeBron James the face of basketball. They make the playoffs. So you didn't answer Barry my question. We look at Barry, okay, no, here's baseball. We look at Barry Bonds. One of the greatest bat- baseball players of all time. What if he was under 500 every single year? He never won a World Series. But he he made never playoffs. made a World Series. He made playoffs. Okay. But he never won a asking, World Series. I'm not asking you, Tawny, to win a World Series. I'm not asking him to make a World Series. I'm asking him just make the playoffs. One year. Give me one year making the playoffs. And again, you forget that Otani can only do what he can do. And no, he has to if Otani is performing at an MVP level, which he did two years ago, and was still on one of the worst teams in baseball, you're telling me that it is the MVP's fault that they did not make the playoffs. Did he not have an option to go to any team he wanted to go to? Uh, that is, again, you're not answering the question. No, you're, I, dodging, you're dodging the question by bringing something else up. If so he, answer, if he answer puts the up, question. If you were the MVP, if he puts up his one thousand stats, like we, like you talked about, yes, okay, okay. If he puts up, if he hits a home run every bat, every bat, yeah, it's fine. But like he made the option to go to the Angels. He had a that choice was five years ago, and the Angels were bad then. They he were bad. They were not the Angels five years ago. Were not as bad as the Angels now. Not in the terms that's of how they've exploded and imploded. That's making more my point. They've gotten worse in the last five years. Not because of him. I'm not saying changing life. He's not I, changing life. No, he is changing life because this team would be irrelevant if he wasn't there. Anytime they play at Yankee Stadium, Otani's got blown up. Because again, the lights are too bright. The lights are too bright for Otani. Having one series in Yankee Stadium determines whether or not you suck or not. Cool. Cool. I'm just, I'm I'm glad that you have decided to make the stupidest argument that you possibly could. I'm just glad that you did that. I'm saying he's not the face of baseball. He's the second best player. He's the face of goddamn baseball. You can ask. He's the second best player. I said, based on your argument, that he, it doesn't matter 
how he performs if the team sucks, he sucks. That is your argument. No, no, I never said that. That's essentially the argument you have made. I, no, no, no. I've always said Otani's the second best player. I just said. Aaron Judge, cannot... I, want Aaron, I want Aaron Judge to go out and pitch at a Cy Young level. Do I it. just. I just and then said, you will be the best player in baseball. Until then, Aaron Judge, because Aaron Judge, remember, Aaron Judge is not going to hit 62 home runs again. Not this sure. year. You keep riding that high, and then when we talk again in November, and you guys lost in the ALCS or maybe didn't even make the playoffs, you'll be crying a different tune. But what I'm saying is, based on your argument, Otani cannot be great because his team is not great. I didn't say it wasn't great. Is that not what you've been saying the whole time? That's exactly what you've said. Is that he's always, not great because always he can't overcome and just take the team to the World Series. I say he's not the face of baseball. I've never, I've ne- I've always okay. talked about how talented he is. Okay. okay. Max, go ahead. I'm done. <laughs> And the only thing I had to say about the Angels is that every single one of their pitcher relief pitchers and clothing pitchers, minus two of them, had a four ERA. That's really all I had to say. I fucking love Shohei Otani. He's great. He's great talent. I mean. But to Daniel's point, what he said about like, is this person not the face of baseball? Do you know what teams were built around that person? <laughs> if you're looking at Tom Brady, he's always had the best defense. If you're looking at Michael Jordan, he's always had Scotty. If you're looking at LeBron, when he won with the Cavs, his team was fucking goaded with Kyrie and Kevin Love. LeBron has never won without a super team. That's and then awesome. you have then you have the Mickey Mouse Cup. <laughs> So, I mean, to say to say that it's all, it all falls on one person, and then if you want to look at the Yankees, you're acting like the Yankees roster wasn't stacked, and yet they still didn't make the World Series. With Aaron Judge, with 62 home runs, and he played like shit in the playoffs. And they haven't made the World Series in over a decade. So I'm just saying uh, you can't solely blame it on one guy. That's basically what my, what my statement was. Okay, I will... I will concede part of my argument because I do see where Anthony says it made me seem like I was solely placing the blame. I am not solely placing the blame on Shohei Otani. I get where you're coming from now. I think it only took you a year and a half. No, I'm talking about this argument. It only took you a year. I don't think Shohei is the face of baseball. That's another argument. I, I firmly, Max, Anthony, you can both attest. I've always said he's the second best player. Always said it. Go back to Spider Sports. Go back to episode one or two. Oh, I, I know you have. You're still wrong, you, but you that's have okay. Said he's always the second best. Yes. Yes. I'm all I'm asking. Is, I'm not saying. Like I said, Shohei's a great talent. We've never seen anybody pitch and hit like Shohei Otani. All I'm saying is you cannot be the face of baseball if you don't make the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. Does not knock on Shohei. I would love – personally, but here's the thing, and I'll I'll let you go. I would would love to see the Angels make the playoffs. I think it would be fun to see Shohei Otani 
and I mean, made the playoffs. I'd love to see how they, I just, let's see if it happens. They've got the pieces other than the bullpen. They they should make the playoffs. If he's the face of baseball and Mike Trout is one of the best hitters we've ever seen, they should make the playoffs. Here's, here's the last thing I'll say before we get to record and over under, because we do have to move on. And thank you for finally getting what I've been trying to get you to understand. Are we good now? I was, I was worried you were going to block my number. Are we good now? No, we're good. I just, it's one of those things. We haven't had that argument in a while, and I knew it was going there as soon as I started to say the angel. It felt good good having that argument, though, didn't it? Like, just, I knew it was going there, and I just immediately. We haven't had a a knockdown dragout argument in a while. It felt good. That was the first knockdown dragout argument in DCP podcast history. It felt good, didn't it? It felt great. Max, yeah. I'm sorry you had to be there for that. No, it was great. I no, we, had one, we had one like episode one or two. We were t- on Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge, but it didn't get recorded. Well, episode, yeah, episode that episode didn't come out. It was it was the same, it was the same thing. Here's the reason why I, I just I, I can't let you say Shohei is number two. Because while you were saying he's number two, you also said just about direct quote. We've never seen someone hit and pitch at that high of a level. And not only is he doing that, but he has opened the MLB up worldwide. And because of that, he is the face of baseball. Because he is the worldwide face of baseball. Aaron Judge is not the worldwide face of baseball. He's not. I think I think if you looked around the United States, you would see more Judge jerseys than Otani jerseys. I didn't say United States. I said world? worldwide. That'd be close. I don't think it would be close. Everyone I, I, in I, Japan I, has a Otani jersey. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, Especially when he was in the KBO days, they definitely have an Otani jersey. <laughs> oh God, yeah. In, in I the, want in an Otani. No, no, is it in, in the, the JBA? The yeah, JBA. The, they were in yeah. the JBA. He was in the yeah. JBA. JBA. All right. The Angels' record in 2022: 73 and 89. They're over under this year: 81 and a half. I'm taking the under. I'm gonna go the under. I I don't think. Sadly. What was the debate about then? The, well, because the debate was, I'm not, I'm not letting you get away with bad mouthing Shohei Otani. That's what the debate's about. And the only reason I'm going on the under is because of the pitching uh, in the relief and closing area. And that's that's where it is for me too. It is never. This team has never been about the batting and being able to score runs. I mean, do they have their moments? Yes. Every team does. The problem has always been the pitch. And then of course, injuries, but you immediately going and making it show his fault is what started that argument. But I asked you if there was any excuses, if they, if the, for show, if they didn't perform and you said no. Exactly. Because baseball is not an individual game. So will, Sh- will Shohei play good? Yeah. But will the team play good? I don't fucking know. No, both <laughs> things can be true. Shohei can be playing fantastic baseball and the team still be bad. That's not Shohei's fault. That's what I'm saying. 
is the individual in a in, in, basing a team's performance on individuals is unfair, especially when that individual is playing at a level that no one has ever played before. Shohei can go out there, go seven, uh, seven shutout innings. And then in eight and nine, the relief pitchers blow it up and they lose the game. Would you say that's Shohei's fault? No, because he wasn't in the game. Shit happens. Jack? But, uh, <laughs> but shit, yes, shit happens, but that's not Shohei's fault. Like I said, I, I, like, I, y'all probably think I like think of Shohei like I think of Mac Jones. I like Shohei. I, I hope the Angels do well, good. You make it seem like he's Mac Jones. <laughs> no, I personally like. You I do. think Shohei's a great. I think he's a great guy. I really hope he does well. I, I'm, I'm honestly, I would love to see the Angels in the playoffs. I would love it. I'm rooting for him. Speaking guys, of a team, guys, don't be mean to Mac Jones. His confidence is going to get ruined if you do that. Hey, don't talk about my son <laughs> like that. He's doing some good yoga poses on the mat. Talk about my son like that. If you, yell at him, if you yell at him, his confidence is going to go down. He's not going to play well. <laughs> All right. I love that report from the coaches. That was so funny. It was great. <laughs> All right. Moving on to a team that I have probably not a hot take about, but it's a hot take to me. The Texas Rangers. They went out, signed Jacob DeGrom to a five-year, $185 million deal. They brought in Nathan Eovaldi. Andrew Heaney, and they re-signed Martin Perez. Rotation, Jacob DeGrom, Eovaldi, Martin Perez, uh, Andrew Heaney, John Gray. Uh, pieces like Jonah Hines, Nathaniel Lau, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, Adelise Garcia, and I'm going to go ahead and do it. The AL Rookie of the Year, Josh Jung. That's Rookie of the Year for the AL this year is going to be Josh Jung playing third base. I'm going to say it right now. This is a playoff team. Wow. This Everything is a playoff goes right. Team. This is a playoff team. Huh. huh. You have one of the best pitchers in baseball in DeGrom. If he's healthy. Fantastic pitcher in Eovaldi. He's okay. Martin Perez had a great year last year. Mm-hmm. He could potentially continue to build on it again. Andrew Heaney coming off a rough year with the, I believe he was with the Dodgers last year. I think he was coming off an injury. And John Gray, outside of Coors Field, coming to Texas, looked good. Jonah Heim, great young catcher. Nathaniel Lau, great young first baseman. Marcus Simeon, one of the best second basemen in baseball. Corey Seager, one of the best shortstops in baseball. Adelise Garcia, one of the top young outfielders in the game. And I just said Josh Jung's going to win AL Rookie of the Year. That sets you up for a playoff team. I'm not 100% happy with the bullpen, but I think the starters and this offense will be good enough to overcome them in most games. I think they're going to be better. I just don't know if they're good enough to make the playoffs. I would. That's an interesting take, though, because obviously they did make some good pickups. I think Heaney's a bad pickup. Andrew Heaney sucks. The rest yeah, are good because he sucked as a Yankee. Oh, he was awful as a Yankee. The Heen dog. 
Um, Last year, he was four for four of a 310, 110Ks, and a 109 whip. And he was out a majority of the year. I just yeah, don't know. The Rangers are in such a good division, though, with the Mariners and the Astros. That, that was, yeah, was going to be the, my point, is that you have to win the division. I don't think you do. I don't think you do. Well, you have to, to compete with the with the East. You have to compete with the East, but there's one team coming out of the Central. I know. I'm telling you right now, there's one team coming out of the Central. Yeah. You get the three. You get the three division winners. Two out of the AL East. Maybe one, depending on. Well, be two or three in the year. year. I and think then you're you could only get two out of the AL West. Personally, I don't think the AL East is going to be as good as everybody thinks it is. I don't think it'd be good. I think it'd be just a dump, but some steady teams. You might get two out of the West, maybe. And if you don't get any out of the Central and you only get one out of the East, you get three out you of the West. You have to get one out of the Central. You have to get one out of the Central. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. You don't get any others out. Oh, of the- oh okay. I thought. Yeah. It's basically a three-run, three-three-team race. I could see it. I, I, I see think they'll be good. good. I think they slightly missed the playoffs, but I think they'll be good. I could see them being second. I could see it, but it'd be close. Are we going over under? Uh, yeah. Record record last year was sixty eight and ninety four. The over under is eighty one and a half. I picked I picked the over. Obviously, huge jump. I'm going slightly under, like seventy nine wins. I'll take the over on that one. All right, uh, we got two teams left. We don't have a ton of time, so let's get through the Mariners. They picked up AJ Pollock. Uh, Tommy Lastella, they got Trevor Gott. I have no idea who that is. Uh, in the rotation, they've got Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray, George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, Marco Gonzalez. Uh, the pieces they've got, Cal Raleigh, Ty France, Colton Wong, A. Eugenio Suarez, J.P. Crawford, Julio Rodriguez, my boy, Jared Kelenic, who surprisingly looks fantastic in spring training, and they also got Tay Oscar Hernandez. I think this is a... This is a Mariners team in my head that is an AL championship series contender. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be really good. They're going to be really fun. Anthony Sidechick Mariners. My Sidechick Mariners, baby. They're going to be, be the really biggest competition good. for the Astros. Really fun to watch. We saw them get a little taste of postseason baseball. The stadium's rocking, first of all. Mm-hmm. They're rocking. Uh, they're going to be fun. I, the, the, I, they could win the whole dang American League. Trevor Guy is also a relief pitcher from the Brewers. Yeah. So 2022 record, they went 90 and 72 over under 86 and a half. Oh, I'm, I'm pounding taking... the over on that one, baby. <laughs> pounding over, over, over. They could, they're going to get close to 100 games. And we already know ants. I think they do win 100 games. <laughs> there it is. He's pounding the over, baby. Not only do I think they win 100 games, I think they win the AL West. They're the biggest challenge to the Astros. Speaking of the Astros, let's get to the defending champion, Houston Astros. They picked up Jose Abreu from my Chicago White Sox. 
they also got Rafael Montero and re-signed Michael Brantley. Rotation, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Lance McCullers, uh, Luis Garcia, Jose Urquidy, uh, Jose Altuve, Bregman's there, Pena's there, Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, a guy I think we need to watch out for, though, Mauricio Dubon. I've seen him a couple times in person down when he was in single A um, just a couple years ago. Um, they had the best record in the American League last year, 106 and 56. Over under 97 and a half. Unfortunately, they're going to get the over. I'm going to take the over on that one. And I think it's going to be a race between Josh Young and Jeremy Pena for rookie. Uh, I don't think Jeremy Pena is eligible. Can he not be eligible? Is he? I don't think oh, okay. he is. Um, cause he was on their opening day roster last year. So that's why uh, okay. I don't think that he's eligible. Gotcha. I'm going to take the under. Oh, oh, do you think this is the year they slip? I don't think they slip. I think a lot of where their success was last year was a guaranteed win every five days because of Verlander. Yes. Mm, not having too. not having Verlander and Altuve's getting up there, Bregman's yep. getting up there. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Alvarez isn't the best defender in the mm-hmm. outfield. And I think while Framber Valdez is good, I do not think he is an ace. Right. I think in a division that is now tightly contested because the Mariners in my eyes are going to potentially win a hundred games, if not win a hundred games. And the Rangers are now behind you with one of the best rotations in baseball and a very good offense. I think they're going to have to fight. This is going to be the most competitive AL West that we have seen in maybe close to 10 years. Oh, I can't mm-hmm. wait. It's going to be fun. I, I seriously think that. I, I don't, I don't disagree um, with you. I think Houston's going to be good. Don't, don't think me saying that the under at 97 and a half means I don't think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be very good. I just don't think they're going to be able to win a division that is very tightly contested. So that's the Western divisions. That's baseball. <laughs> yeah. That's that's, baseball season. that's that's the first season preview that we have, Daniel. I love you, buddy. I just felt Love like we you. didn't get that out there. Love you too, man. I, 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 you know, we'll, we'll never be like a Skip and Shannon. No, we'll always never. love each other. We'll always love each other. But and if if if, if you want a good laugh, I just saw on Twitter Steph Curry's about to make his return Sunday against the Lakers. Darvin Ham's doing the gritty right now. Right. <laughs> Brutal. So make sure Anthony to tune in. Madden stuff his toe after the season. <laughs> Make sure to tune in um, in the next couple of weeks. We're going to try to kind of churn episodes out because we want to get through our baseball, not only previews, but we want to do a prediction episode. Fellas, March Madness right around March the March Madness. Um, <laughs> Sunday, nine days, baby. Nine days. 
So we are potentially going to have four episodes out in the next two, two and a half weeks. Um, so bear with us. We're kind of getting this all straightened out, but from all of us here at the DCP podcast, we will see you guys next time talking more baseball. <laughs>